Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 18, and this will be study number 4. And we're continuing to look at verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. In our last study, we were looking at the word faint, the Greek word that is translated as faint. We saw a couple of verses, uh, such as in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13, where God uh, encourages, he says, faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Well, the word, um, the Greek word, 1573 in Strong's Concordance, is also translated as weary in Second Thessalonians chapter 3. The word translated as faint is translated as weary also, Second Thessalonians 3, and it says, um, in verses 12 and 13. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Be not weary or do not faint in well-doing. And well-doing uh, means just that. Doing well. And what is... What is doing well? When we obey the commandments of God, when we do according to the will of God, and in the day of salvation, it was go forth with the word into all nations. In the day of judgment, God commands, publish these things concerning Babylon's fall. Feed my sheep. These are the commandments of God for the people of God in the season of judgment, in the time of reaping. And it says in Galatians, as this word translated as um, weary, is also translated as weary in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6, beginning in verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity... Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are, who are of the household of faith. So God is establishing a biblical principle that a man reaps what he sows. Whatever you sow, you will reap. And for instance, God says in Second Corinthians chapter 9, this goes along with this principle, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, But this I say, 
He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And you sow, or you reap what you sow. And God indicates also there's a time for each. There, There's a time, a set time for sowing and a set time for reaping. As the Lord uh, mentions this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, in verse 1, To everything there is a season, and to and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. And actually, many of these um, things that God is referring to that there's a time for, relate to either his salvation program or his judgment. For instance, there's a time to be born again in the day of salvation and a time to die in the day of judgment. There's a time to plant when you sow the seed of the gospel in the day of salvation and a time to pluck up that which is planted in the day of judgment. There's a time to kill, in, in this case it's reversed, in the day of judgment, and a time to heal, as Christ would heal someone of their disease, indicating salvation, in the day of salvation. There's a time for, uh, as it says here in verse 6 of Ecclesiastes 3, a time to get, and a time to lose. And the word get is the word seek. As God said, seek me while, and while is a time word. Seek me while I may be found. So there's a time to seek in the day of salvation and a time to lose. And the Hebrew word, which is translated as lose, is the same word translated as perish. So there's a time to seek God in the day of salvation and then there's a time to perish in the day of judgment. To everything, a season and a time, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, or to reap it, to reap. The the time for reaping is judgment day. It's judgment day. And, and, And everyone is going to reap what they have sown. And of course, without salvation, every man has sown iniquity and sin and will reap death as a result. But by the grace of God, God's elect are able to uh, be involved in in well-doing. And and God counts their well-doing because of the spirit he has put within them. And so they they will reap everlasting life. And but um, it goes on to say here in Galatians 6, 9, Let us not be weary, let us not faint in well-doing. It says it again, just as it said in Second Thessalonians 3. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, and 
uh, the word season is translated uh, as time. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. The word faint in in uh, this part of the verse is a different Greek word. It's 1590, but here God is joining it together with with the 1573. They carry the same idea. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. And the we is is plural um, pronoun that's expressing the body of believers, the people of God, the elect. Because God says in Matthew 13, he speaks of the reapers in the parable of the wheat and the tares. He says in Matthew 13, I'll begin in verse 36, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. The reapers are the angels. And, of course, we have seen this repeatedly in the Bible. The Greek word angelos, translated as angels, should have been translated as messengers. And and that's the case here. The reapers are the messengers, and the Son of Man shall send forth his messengers to gather. And that's what a reaper does he gathers. He gathers what what he sent forth to do. In this case, it's to gather together the the tares uh, for for the burning, and and they they've been able to be bundled because uh, May twenty one twenty eleven has come, and God shut the door of heaven, and therefore at that point all the elect were out of the church. And all remaining within the church could now be wrapped up as one big bundle of tares and spiritually cast into the flames, into the fire of judgment day. And the Lord Jesus sends the reapers, the people of God, the messengers of the gospel, the messengers of the word of God, to declare these things. And it, it the the reaping process is done through the sharing of the the bible's information and it's the role the task that god has given his people um, for example in john chapter 4 it says in john 4 um verse 36 and following and he that reapeth receiveth wages 
and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap, that whereon ye bestowed no labor, other men labored, and you're entered into their labors. Again, I sent you to reap. But this time it's very clearly um, talking about the people of God that that are gathering unto life eternal. It, it's not angels, angelic beings. It's God's elect. They are the reapers that were sent. They are the messengers that were referred to in Matthew 13. And, and just as one soweth, another reapeth. And in the Bible, in that parable we read in Matthew 13, it said, um, the Son of Man soweth a good seed. So the Son of Man is the sower. He's the sower. And, and how did he sow the seed? What is the seed? The seed is the Word of God sown upon the hearts of men. And how did God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, accomplish that? By sending his people, the body of Christ. How beautiful are the feet of him that brings glad tidings of good news. How beautiful are the feet of them. Because God looks at them as one and the same. Christ's body. They are sent. And as they go forth, Christ goes forth as they sow the seed, the Son of Man sows the seed. Well, likewise, who is the reaper in the Bible? Who does the Bible say is the reaper? Let's go to Revelation 14. In Revelation chapter 14, in the context of Judgment Day, remember the harvest is the end of the world, it's said in Matthew 13, 39. Well, here... God is describing the end of the world, the cup of his wrath, and the earlier verses, beginning back in verse 10, are, are being poured out. And then in verse 14, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud. Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. The the Lord Jesus Christ has the sickle in his hand, and he thrust it into the earth. He is the reaper, reaping the harvest of judgment day. Christ is the sower. Christ is the reaper. It's one and the same God who is, is the one who accomplishes both. But how did Jesus accomplish his program of sowing or evangelization? of sowing the seed of the word of God through his people. How does the Lord Jesus Christ accomplish the program of reaping in the day of judgment? How does he do this? Well, 
We, we saw he personally thrust in his sickle. Yes, but the word thrust is a word that is translated as sent. It's, it's a word that is translated in, in many other places. In one place, John 4, verse 34, do the will of him that sent me. It, it's a word that is used to describe how you would send a messenger to accomplish something. So the sickle is thrust in or sent in as the Lord God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ, the reaper. Oh, he, he he's like Boaz. He's the Lord of the harvest. He has workers to accomplish the menial task of the actual reaping. He doesn't personally get out into the field. Uh, let, let's turn back to the book of Ruth and and we'll see how Boaz, who's a type and figure of Christ, is overseeing his harvest. It says in Ruth chapter 2, in verse 4, And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, and, and by the way, Boaz came from Bethlehem, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was born into the world, was born in Bethlehem, and said unto the reapers, Jehovah be with you. And they answered him, Jehovah bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued, even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that, that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. So Boaz is reaping his harvest. It's his field. He pays the laborers, and the harvest they gather is, belongs to him. And and when they are finished, when they have completed the work of harvest, Boaz can go and say, I just harvest, harvested my field. I just reap my field to his friends or to his neighbors. And they know what he means. He's a mighty man of wealth. Of course, they don't think he was out there personally with a sickle reaping. He sent the sickle. He paid his reapers to do his will. And God is uh, the great God, almighty, eternal, everlasting. And God has a people. And just as he involved them in the sowing process, he has determined to reap the world and involve them in the reaping process. They are the reapers. According to Matthew thirteen thirty nine, the reapers are the messengers. And in John 4, I sent you to reap. 
speaking to disciples, to people, to believers, not angelic beings. And in Revelation 14, which is set in the context of Judgment Day, and Judgment Day began May 21, 2011, set in the context of Judgment Day, the sickle is sent in, thrust in thy sickle. And there is the commission. It's a second great commission. I have sent you to prophesy again, we read in Revelation chapter 10. And the first time we were sent to sow, and now we're sent to reap. It's a a different task. But the same Master, the same Lord, the, the, the one and the same God, has something else for us to perform. And, and so God's people are to be busy with it, to be about the business of our Father, as the Lord Jesus Christ was when he, uh, as he said, when he was a young man. And, and this is our business. This is the task God has given us at this time. If we go to Joel, to Joel, we find something interesting that locks in. It locks in May 21, 2011, Judgment Day. We've known that, but it locks it in as the day of reaping, the day when reaping began. In Joel chapter 3, it says in verse 12, Let the heathen, or the nations, be wakened, and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. It's Judgment Day, is what that tells us. And then verse 13, Put ye in the sickle. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. That That's identical language to Revelation 14 that we just read. And more than that, the Hebrew word translated as put in is also the word that's uh, translated as send in the Old Testament. It's the word that's used in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Here am I, send me. Here am I, put me into the field. Here am I, Lord, it, it put ye in the sickle. Send in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Now we see a second tie-in with Revelation 14. The the fats are the winepress. It, it's a, a word that is translated as winepress. The winepress is full. The fats overflow. They Remember in Revelation 14 in the context of Christ, the Son of Man, putting in the sickle, We were directed to the great winepress of the wrath of God in verse 19. It says, And the angel thrust in his sickle, again sent, into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. That is... It was overflowing. There were so many slain 
so many uh, wicked and their blood that it came out of the wine press. It, it, billions of people and started flowing forth. And, and that's the uh, same picture here in Joel 3. The press is full, the fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. And then it says in verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. And, and the word decision is Strong's 2742, translated as threshing instrument, threshing, the valley of threshing. It's continuing with the, uh, the theme of harvest. For the day of Jehovah is near in the valley of decision or threshing the sun and the moon shall be darkened and the stars shall withdraw their shining you see how god has connected it when at, at what point is the sun darkened and the moon does not give its light and the stars fall from heaven well we we know this very well because we've gone over and over god has shown us Immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened, according to Matthew twenty four twenty nine, and and the moon does not give its light. And when did the great tribulation conclude? May twenty one twenty eleven was the eighty four hundredth day, the exact twenty third year, the end of the great tribulation, the day the sun went dark, and the light of the moon or the law of God, the Bible, ceased to emanate forth or illuminate uh, the world with its gospel light. It was on that day, and that's the day that Joel 3 links together with reaping. It links it together with harvest, because harvest is the end of the world. And it goes on to say, in the stars, the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the stars normally relate to the believers. As the Lord said to Abraham, I shall make your seed as the stars of the heaven for multitude. The seed in Christ, those that are in Christ are counted for the seed, and it is the elect. The elect shall withdraw their shining. And the word, the Hebrew word translated as withdrawal, is Strong's number 622, often translated as gathered or, or gather in relationship to harvest. It's the word, for instance, of Deuteronomy 16 in verse 13. Thou shalt observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days after that thou hast gathered in thy corn and thy wine. The stars shall gather their shining. Now, if all the stars, all the stars represent the elect, all those little lights in the night sky, then the stars themselves are gathering together their shining. And one thing it tells us is it's God's people who God has informed. He's opened up their understanding. No more gospel light. And they share it with other believers, and the stars, as it were, start folding up the shop. They they no longer are uh, bringing a gospel or thinking they're bringing a gospel unto salvation. 
they stop um, talking about salvation or crying for mercy or seeking the Lord because they know it's all over and done with. And therefore, their light is put out as well, but they're gathering it in. It, they're bringing it in. No, we, we can't, we can't tell people to go to God and beseech Him as we could in days past because that was during the season of sowing. That was when we were planting in, in that particular season and, and so the seed was sown on the hearts of men. But now it, it's a different time, a different season. It's time to pluck up. How can we go about plucking up and planting at the same time? No, there's a set time for one and a set time for the other. Let's gather in our light. And that's the process that has been underway since May 21, 2011. And the 1600 days, which are derived from 1600 furlongs in Revelation 14, 20, in the context of harvest, take us right to October 7th, 2015, the last day of harvest. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.